So this year is going to be discussing uh, Shavuos, of course. And I saw that they asked Reb Chaim Kanievsky about a Gemara in Saita, Dafheya Menalev. And the Gemara there says that the reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose Har Sinai of all the many mountains that he could have given the Tehran, there were many mountains in in the desert, and these mountains were moving, so you could have gotten Mount Everest there, you could have gotten the Himalayas. There were very, very big mountains, very uh, grand, um, impressive mountains that the Torah could have been given on, and that would have been very, very, uh, you know, very, very impressive if we would be able to receive the Torah on such a great mountain. And yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose Har Sinai of all the mountains, and, of course, we learn from there uh, the importance of having anivos, the importance of having humility and not having to uh, always uh, uh, brag and be, uh, be, uh, be very boastful about how big you are and how great you are and how powerful you are. HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose Har Sinai of all the other mountains to teach us this lesson. This is what the Gemara in Saita teaches us. And they asked Reb Chaim Kanievsky that if that's true, if, if it's so important to be humble, and that's the lesson that the Torah was trying to teach us, so I have a much better idea. Instead of giving the Torah on a mountain at all, go find some big ditch, go find a big, uh, uh, a big uh, crater in the ground, and give the Torah there. Why are you giving the Torah on a mountain altogether? If you really want to teach us Anivas and how to be lowly, so then go and 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 uh, and and find a very low lying area, find a valley. Why are you giving it on a mountain altogether? To which Reb Chaim answered that if somebody is a little bit high, they have chashivas to them, but yet they lower themselves a bit in order to. Uh, to, to stay humble, that's anivus. But if somebody is completely shuffle, shuffle is not a maila. To say somebody has shvelas, if somebody is like lowly and depressed and sad and dragging their feet, that's not an anav. That's just a shuffle. A shuffle is somebody that's a lowly being. That's not a, that's not, there's nothing to, uh, to, you know, to, to, to look up to in terms of somebody that, that has shiftless. Shiftless is not anivas. Anivas means that I really have greatness to me. And we all have greatness to us. We all have something that we could, uh, be very, you know, brag about and, and feel good about and be very prideful of. But instead of showing the entire measure of pride, I humble myself, I lower myself, and I don't, uh, I don't show off, and I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit uh, lowly. I don't, I don't make myself big and proud. I, I, I am able to figure out the right measure of anivas. That's an anav. Meishra Abeno, when he was uh, the greatest anav, Anav Mikal Adam, as the Torah calls him, doesn't mean to say that Meshra Rabbeinu was thinking about himself that he's an absolute nothing. 
Meshur Rabbeinu knew exactly who he was. Meshur Rabbeinu knew that he was the greatest of prophets. Meshur Rabbeinu knew that he was the Rabbin Shal Yisrael, the teacher of the entire Jewish people. He knew that he was the only one that received the Torah from Har Sinai and, and spoke to the Rabbeinu Shalom Panim Al Panim face to face. Meshur Rabbeinu wasn't blind to his, to his greatness. Why did Meshur Rabbeinu, why did he... Uh, deserve the title of being the greatest Anna because despite how great he knew he was, he still lowered himself. He still didn't act in a prideful manner. Maybe he was motivated by the fact that he felt that he could do always better than he was actually doing, or maybe he saw that a lot of the Midas, a lot of the uh, potential, the, the powers that he had, the Kaychas that he had were all... Uh, many of them were God-given. They weren't. Uh, they weren't things that he worked on in his own. Perhaps whatever his rationale for feeling humble, but he was great and he lowered himself. That's what Aniva says. He didn't. He didn't make himself into a into a nothing. He carried himself with Chashivas. He was the the king of Klal Yisrael. He was the leader of Klal Yisrael. He carried himself properly, but he was. He always felt that there was so much more to go, that he wasn't perhaps meeting the full potential that he was destined to have, and so he stayed humble. But humility does not mean lowliness. It means that I feel that I could do more, but I recognize the gifts that Hashem gave me. Or perhaps because I have so many gifts, that means that the the responsibility that I have to use them and to help others with those gifts are so overwhelming that that lowers me a little bit. That that makes me uh, feel a sense of of humility and and, uh, and and keeps me in check. That's what Reb Chaim says is the mile of Harsinai. Harsinai wasn't a, a valley. Harsinai was a mountain and it had chashivas to it. But it just was a lowly mountain. It didn't feel that it had to raise itself as high as other mountains. And that's why the Torah was given specifically on it to teach us that lesson of uh, of Anivas. It's interesting. There's a Gemara in Saita, that same daf, that says that a Talmud Chacham tzarech sheibay echad mishmaina shebeshminis a Talmud Chacham has to have one sixty fourth, and Rashi explains the sixty fourth of what. He has to have a little gaiva. He has to have one sixty fourth of a measure of gaiva. Why? If let's say a Tamar Chacham would be completely uh, nothing, and he would literally walk around like uh, dragging his feet and, 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 and stooping low to the ground, nobody will ever listen to him. Imagine you have a rabbi in Shul that has no spine, he has no backbone, he has no ego, and he's just basically a schlepper and a shmata. That's not a rov. The Rav has to have a, a certain degree of shtaltz to him. He has to have some little bit of gaiva, a healthy dose of ego and personality. And then the Balabatim will respect him because they feel, okay, he has, he has something to him. And so the Gemara says that a Tamar Chacham has to have a Shmaina Shebeshminis, one sixty-fourth of a measure 
of gaiva, not a lot of gaiva. If a rub is a tremendous bal gaiva, that's not good either, obviously. But he has to have a little bit of shtaltz. He has to have a little bit of, of self-respect, self-esteem, and hold of himself a little bit in order that Balabatim shouldn't completely walk all over him. And his words should be accepted by his congregants against their will. If sometimes he has a, a certain demand or he insists on something, so then that's good. That's good. You know, Rabbi Sal Salanti used to say that, uh, that if a rabbi uh, is beloved by all, he's not a rabbi. And if he's hated by all, he's not a mensch. Has to have, there has to be like this, you have to strike the right balance. You have to have that a rabbi is liked, but he's not necessarily loved, because if he's loved, that means he's doing something wrong. It means he's like just completely, you know, flattering every single person. That's not a rub. Sometimes a rub has to be strong and insist that this is the way it is, that I want this chumrah to, to be in place, or I want that this should not happen in my shul. And, and, and you're going to make enemies by doing that. But if you're making constant enemies, that's not good either. That means that you're doing something wrong also. So you have to have that balance of echad mishmeinah shebeshminah, 164th, you have to find that right amount of pride and strength and conviction and not be arrogant, but also not be a shmata. And that's what Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky is saying, that Harsinai was neither. Harsinai wasn't big and, and braggadacious, but it also wasn't, a, um, wasn't in a valley and in a ditch. That, that wouldn't be a place to get the Torah either. The Torah doesn't want us to be schleppers, but the Torah doesn't want us to be arrogant. And you have to find somewhere in between, if you're a Talmud Chacham, to be able to really uh, be the most effective leader possible. There's a fascinating Chanukah Satira, uh, the Rebbe of Heschel of Krakow, and he used to say that um, the following to explain, where, what does that mean, one sixty-fourth. When the Gemara says that it's one, an eighth of an eighth, which is a sixty-fourth, what does that mean? Where'd you get the number of one sixty-fourth? So the genius of the Chanukah Satira says the following: that there's a Gemara in Avay Dezara, Daf Gimel Amid Beis, and it says there that Har Tavar, Har Tavar was one of those mountains that were competing with Har Sinai to get the Tyra, and it felt that it should get the Tyra. So how high was Hartavar? Hartavar was four parsa'is high. Four parsas. How much is a parsa? A parsa is dalad milan, four mil. How, how much is a mil? A mil is 2,000 amas. How much is a parsa? Therefore, if dalad milan is each 2,000 amas, that means that a parsa is 8,000 amas. And Dalit parsais, which is the height of Hartavar, was 32,000 amas. Now, how high was Harsinai? Harsinai, there's a medrash that says that it was only 500 amas high. It wasn't very high. Five, 500 amas is, uh, is what? Is, is like uh, maybe 1,500 feet? It's very, very short, right? It's not a big mountain. But 500 amas divided by 32,000 amas equals what? 
one sixty-fourth. So Harsinai is a sixty-fourth of the highest mountain of Tavar, which wanted the mountain on it, the Torah to give it be given on it. So we so Zakta Rebbe of Heshel that that's what it means that a Tamil Chacham is a should always have Echad Mishmanis Shabeshminis one sixty-fourth because that's the exact proportion of Har Sinai to the great mountain of Har Tavar. So we see that you're allowed to be Sinai, Dick. You're allowed to have the, a little bit of Gaiva. How much Gaiva? 164th. 164th of what? Whatever 164th, you know, whatever a Bal Gaiva is, you're allowed to have a 64th of him. You should have a little bit of Gaiva. A trace of Gaiva you should have in order to be effective. But the number 164th, he amazingly comes up with the Cheshpen, and that is that our Sinai, which was the the template of what Anivas is, as the Gemara said, and that's why we gave the Tyran our Sinai, that is 164th of the high, the great mighty mountain of Tavar. And so therefore, uh, we learn from there that it has to be, you're only allowed no more than 164th uh, of Gaiva. Now, it's very interesting that that Gemara in Saito, which we didn't really speak out, but I'll speak it out now, says, A person should always learn from Das Kainai, from his, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, um, knowledge, or HaKadosh Baruch Hu's actions. Shara HaKadosh Baruch Hiniach Kol Har Hashem forsook, he let go of all the other candidates, all of the mountains and the hills and the valleys, all everything was let go. The al and he chose to be Mashra to dwell on the mountain of Sinai, and that was the Gemara. And then we go weiter, and we said that you're allowed to have as we explained. Who is the Bal Memra? Who is the one that said this? in the Gemara in Saita, that you should always try to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just like he was Mashra Shechina only on a lowly mountain of Arsinai, you too should always be lowly, you should always feel a sense of Anivas. That was Rav Yasef. Rav Yasef was the one who said this Memra. He was the one that said this, uh, this Gemara. Now, I wanted to say that Rav Yasef was not only the author of this Memra, he was not only the one that, that, that developed this Memra, but Rav Yasef actually embodied this Memra. This that he said that you should be humble like Harsinai, that was, I think, Rav Yasef himself talking from his own persona. Why? Because the Gemara at the end of Brachis, and Dav Samach Dalad, calls Rav Yasef, by the name Sinai. There's a, a debate at the end of Mesechus Brachas whether it's better to be a Sinai or an Eikar Harim. An Eikar Harim is somebody that's a tremendous Lamdan, that you're able to like rip up mountains with your debate skills. A Sinai is somebody that knows everything, just like the entirety of Tyre was given on our Sinai. So if you call somebody Sinai, that means that they know it all. They basically have tremendous bikiyas. They might not have 
the, the same eon. They might not be able to drill to the bottom of every sugya and shas, but they know every sugya and shas, and they know halacha, and they have a very well-rounded... Um, um, they're able to see the entire landscape of the Taira. And they call Rabbi Yosef, the, the name Sinai Rashi says, because he was Bucky in Brises Harbe. Now, Rav Yosef himself was called Sinai, as we just said, and he himself was very anivistic, as befits somebody that's called Sinai. If you're called Sinai, you probably should act like Sinai. And he acted like Sinai. How do you know? Because there's a Gemara at the end of Mesech Saita. This is quite a famous Gemara. It says, Mishemes Rebbe, when Rebbe died, Batla Anava Vireschet. Anivas and Yireschet was Batal. It was sort of, it went out of, uh, it was, uh, it went, they retired the number of Anava and Yireschet. There's no more, no more Anava and Yireschet after Rebbe died. Because he was such a towering Anav and he had such Yireschet that when he died, it was Batal. So Amar Lai Rabbi Yisif Latana. So Rabbi Yisif said to the Tana that said this, Laitisni Anava, don't say that Anava was Batel, the Ika Ana, because I am still around. Strange Gemara, right? Rabbi Yisif is saying that don't say that when Rabbi died, there is uh, that Anivas is Batla, because the Ika Ana, there still is me. So everybody asks on this Gemara, what do you mean? That's the opposite of Anivas. Imagine if I told you, eh, you know, uh, you know the fa- you know the joke about the guy that's a guest of honor by a dinner, and and the the person introducing him keeps saying amazing things about him that he's a big baltzadaka and he is uh, he has a great family and he's uh, uh, he's a big machnas Eirach, and he's a brilliant businessman and he uh, uh, he does a lot of chesed, and then all of a sudden the person you know, gets a, feels a tug on his jacket and he looks down and it's the guest of honor. He says, well, what do you want? He says, you're not talking about my anivas? So, you know, obviously that would not be, that wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense. Obviously, what if you're so anivas, that's why it's funny, because obviously that's not anivas, but that seems to be exactly what Rabbi Yisif said, right? He said that, um, you know, that don't say that that when Rebbe died, Anivas went out the window, that Rebbe, that we, we we sort of bury Anivas in the world, that there's no more Anivas. no, because there's me. Well, if you're saying that, presumably you're not such an Anav. Parenthetically, there's a Vilna Gain, a Gra, that says, he says that there's, there is an Amira by the name of Ana. He proves, I think there's in, in the Yerushalmi, there's um there's an Amir by the name of Anna. So when Rav Yasef says Va'ita Ika Anna, it doesn't mean Anna me in Aramaic. Anna means me. He means Ika Anna. There's that Amira Anna who he's a big Anav. So don't say that when Rebbe died, there's no more Anivim Anavim because Anna the 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 that Amira is still around. But. That's not what the normal, the norm, the 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 normative pshat is in this gemara, but the teretz, the pashre teretz is like we said before, that aniva stam does not mean shiftless. It doesn't mean you're lowly. It means that I know who I am. I know that I have greatness to me. 
but I, uh, but I'm lowly as a result of that. I recognize that it's not shayach to me, um, but only to Hashem. Hashem could get all of the covet, but me, I have to feel myself lowly. So it's interesting that Rav Yosef, who himself was a Sinai, he himself was a Shmini Shebeshminis. He wasn't mashful himself totally. He said, meaning I, I have a healthy self-esteem. I know who I am. I know that I have greatness to me, but I'm still an Anav. How could you still be an Anav? If you're saying that doesn't mean you're not an Anav, no. Anivas does not mean that you feel you're a nothing, you're a nobody. Anivas feel means that I know that I have a lot going for me, but I'm never going to permit myself to be uh, arrogant about it because arrogance is not shayach for me. I'm not going to feel that I'm greater than I am, and I know that I have limitations, and I know that I could be so much greater, and all of the other things that are factored in are crushing on the on the mind of a person, he, weighing heavily on him and constantly reminding him that he's not as great as as he could be. And so Vaikana means he was honest about himself. He wasn't saying in a brag in a in a bragging way that oh, I'm I'm the biggest Anav. He was saying that I'm an Anav I, because I know that as great as I am I have such a long way to go. So that's Sinai. That's really why, maybe he was another reason why he was called Sinai, because he had the Shminis He had a healthy core of, of, of Gaiva, if you will. And there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of ego. It's important to have ego. If you don't have ego and you're just a schlepper, then you're nothing. In life, a person needs a little bit of ego. You need a little bit of feeling good about yourself. I think I heard once uh, from B'Shem Rav Shlem that you know, there are certain uh, things that, chapters in Musr's farm that you learn about Midas, like, uh, you know, so there's Kas, and then there's uh, uh, to be patient, and there, and then there's a Midah to work on called Gaiva. Rav Shalem says that a Yeshiva Bachar, a young Bachar, should not be working on Gaiva. Why? Because it's, it's healthy for a young person to have self-esteem. If a person, if a young person, it's not healthy once you get a certain age to still be arrogant. But when you're young and you're, you know, you want to be, you're an aspiring Tamar Chacham. So if you always think you're nothing, and you always feel why well, everybody's greater than me, I have nothing going for me, and I'm, you know, I've been a garnish, then you're never going to amount to anything because you're never going to dream big. You're never going to have big ambitions. And in general in life, that's true. If a person is, uh, you know, doesn't think much of themselves, they're not going to get too far in their career. They're not going to go to law school or medical school or accounting school or, you know, or make millions of dollars because they always feel like that they're not, they're, there's nothing great to them. So at certain stages of life, it's important to have an ego. It's important to have a little bit of gaiva. And a Rav, like we said, a Tamachacham should always have a Shemini Sheba, Shemini Sheba gaiva. It doesn't mean that... Aniva should never be confused with shiftless. If you think that Anivas means like looking at yourself as a piece of garbage, then you're wrong. That's not, no one should look at themselves like that. Anivas means you should hold of yourself. You should feel that I have a lot going for me. Baruch Hashem, I'm, I'm, I'm smart. Baruch Hashem, I have, make a nice parnasa. Baruch Hashem, I have a beautiful family. Baruch Hashem, I, uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of accomplishments to my name. I give tzedakah. I'm, I'm a bal chesed. Those are all things you should be proud of. But at the same time, recognizing that 
my, my, my story's not over. I, I didn't complete who I am yet. I'm still a work in progress. I still, as much tzedakah as I can, as I've given, I could give so much more. As much, as, I, as good as a father and a grandfather as I am, I could be much better. As good as, uh, as a husband as I am, there, there's so much more that I could do. I could, as much as I learn, I could learn so much more. So the, the fact that you know, you always recognize that you're far from perfection will keep you humble. It will keep you, you know, real. And that's important in life. That's what Anivas is. Anivas means that I recognize my greatness, but I could still say, Voikana, that I am, I am an Anav. That's not Gaiva. That, that means that you understand who you are and you understand that you are uh, limiting yourself and your, your arrogance, but you're at the same time maintaining a certain degree of ego, which is important for a human being to function. And so that's why Rabbi Yasef was the one that said the greatness of Har Sinai was that Hashem chose it over other mountains because of its lowliness. The same Rabbi Yasef is called a Sinai, and the same Rabbi Yasef teaches us that he had a little bit of gaiva. He said, that I still have, I'm an anav. I'm great, but I'm an anav. And that's not a stira. If you look in a Gemara in Psachim, Samachesim Abeyes, it says that Rav Yasef um, said as follows, Amar, on the day of Atzeres, which is Shvuas, which is the Yantiv that's coming up, he said, Avdi li igla tilsa. Prepare for me a very hush of a, like, goat or sheep, some sort of a animal. Why? Well, why did he say, like, prepare for me, like, a really good meal on Shavuos? I want you to make me a, a you know, filet mignon on Shavuos. Because he said... Ilav Hayyima de Kagarim, if not for this day, if not for Shvuas, says Rab Yasef, Kama Yasef Ika Bishuka. How many Yasis would there be in the Shuk? There would be so many Joes in the street, right? What makes me unique? Am I am I different than any other? there's a million Yasifs out there? A lot of Josephs running around in the world. Why am I different, said Rab Yasef? Because of the Taira. If that, not for the day of Shavuos, when I got the Taira, then there would be so many other Yasifs and there would be nothing special about me. Why would we still, thousands of years later, be talking about Rav Yasef if not for the Taira? So he looked at Shavuos as his personal Yantif. So we see from here that Rav Yasef recognized that only the Taira caused all of his honor. And that's Mamish Anivas like Sinai. Because what is Sinai? Sinai teaches us the lesson that the Torah was given on it, and that's the Gaiva. The, the entire ego that, the, that Sinai had was the fact that the Torah was given on it, and it was the 64th of, of Hartavar. So the Gaiva that we're allowed to have, and we see all this from Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef was Miskar. What was his Gaiva? That 164th of Gaiva that he had, you know what it was? Because of the Tyra. The Tyra is the thing that's supposed to animate us. It's supposed to energize us. If there's one thing that we're supposed to be proud of, it's our connection to the Tyra. 
it's that I'm learning whatever it is that I'm, I might be learning Daf Yaimi, I might be learning Mishnah Yaimi, Halacha Yaimi, I might be uh, you know chazering a Masechta, I might be giving a share, I might be sponsoring the shir, I might be sponsoring a day of learning in yeshiva. I might be keeping mitzvahs and Tyra and sending my children and grandchildren, supporting them and Kailal. Whatever I'm doing, my relationship with the Tyra is what gives me the ability to feel good about myself. The pride that I have is how great my connection to Tyra is. If you're connected to Tyra in a deep way and you feel, you know, that you're doing a lot for Tyra, whether it's learning yourself, whether it's supporting Tyra, any which connection that you might have with Tyra, then that is a tremendous, tremendous reason to feel good about yourself. Obviously, never to be haughty because there's so much Tyra more to be learned than to be supported, but to feel at least that I'm doing a lot with Tyra, and that enables me to feel good about myself, to have that Shemini Sheba Shemini. It's just like Harsinai, its gaiva stemmed from the Tyra that it got, that it was able to be the host of the of Tyra being given on it. So too, whatever we can connect to Tyra in any which way, that is the um that is the 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 way that we could feel good waking up every morning, knowing that we're doing a lot in order to promote and to study Tyra. And this is something that we should ourselves uh, enjoy about the Yantav of Shavuos. Shavuos is a beautiful Yantav. If you have no connection with Shavuos, it's about cheesecake and sleeping. But if you have a connection to learning, then Shavuos becomes a, a, a beautiful Yantav. Shavuos is a Yantav that we're able to to look at and say, wow, look at my connection to Tyra. The Tyra was given on this day. If not for this day, I would be a different person because look, Baruch Hashem, every Wednesday night I go to a shir on Zoom and, uh, and, I, and, I, uh, and I learn uh, a lot during the week besides for that shir. And I go to, on Shabbos, I go to the Rav shir. And then I, uh, and I, I send checks to certain yeshivas that I support and, I, and my children I send to yeshivas and your connection to Tyra is what you should celebrate on Shavuos. And the more that a person is connected to Tyra, the more Shavuos is the most beautiful yantiv. Ilav hayayma kama We could look at, at ourselves, imagine ourselves for a minute without Tyra. What would we look like without Tyra? We'd look like, like anybody else on the street. We wouldn't have anything to look forward to. We wouldn't have anything to 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 make our our Shabbos beautiful, our Yanta beautiful, our day daily life richer. Tyra really changes a person, but a person has to recognize that. And Shavuos is a day that we're able to take a step back and appreciate how much Tyra has contributed to my life, how much I have grown through the Limanat Tyra. And you should feel good about that. That should be your Shemini Sheba Sheminis. That on Shavuos, you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, Baruch Hashem, that the Torah was given to me because it changed my life. The Torah literally changed my life. I have Midas from the Torah. I have Chachma from the Torah. I, I, I understand why Hashem gave us mitzvahs from the Torah. I understand the Musr of the Torah. I understand the Hashkaf of the Torah. And we do. Just by this Wednesday night share alone, Baruch Hashem, I think we gain so much insight into the Parshias and into the Yom Taivim. And then 
and so much more that we do with Taira, Shavu is the time to celebrate that connection and to feel good about ourselves and to uh, and to understand how the Taira has changed us and made us grown into the people that we are, change the change our families, look at our children and how, how much the fact that they went to Yeshiva changed them. And this is the beauty of Shavuos as we see through the persona of Rabbi Yosef. And amidst Hashem, we should all be Zaycha this Sunday, Monday, Abalin Lataiva to Makabel, the Taira Ba'ava, and we should all have tremendous nachas um, from our families and from our, our communities and from and from the Taira. The Taira should get nachas from us. And amidst Hashem, we should go Michael Al Chayel. Um, and uh, and it, it's really been a pleasure uh, this year. This uh, it's been a wonderful year together. And the Mitzvah Hashem next uh, year in, in Elul, we will reconvene stronger and have a good summer, everybody. And uh, Mitzvah Hashem, we will stay in touch.